One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Matthew Wright Show on Crucible of Broadcast Excellence. Talk Radio. Put it on and keep it on. Too busy to catch us on the afternoons on Talk Radio. Too many children to care for. Too many jobs to manage. Well, never fear. Help is here in the shape of the Matthew Wright Podcast, where we cut down three hours of entertainment and enlightenment every afternoon into tiny, bite-sized morsels just for you, you busy so-and-so. So sit back and enjoy the best of the Matthew Wright Show here on Talk Radio. Why are we talking about gypsies? Well, I'm not the first to have posited that they remain possibly the last ethnic group to face racial discrimination on an almost daily basis. Um, if I was to quote, uh, this is uh, from Trevor Phillips, uh, the then chair of the Commission for Racial Equality. I think this is about 16, 17 years back. He said, um, discrimination against gypsies and travellers appears to be the last respectable, in inverted commas, form of racism. Well, one might argue, apart from Trevor Phillips being suspended by Labour for alleged Islamophobia. Uh, there's more... Um, if you uh, paid close attention to the last Conservative Party manifesto on page 19, you'd have seen the promise by the Tory party to tackle unauthorised traveller camps. I'm quoting directly here. We'll give the police new powers to arrest and seize the property and vehicles of trespassers who set up unauthorised encampments in order to protect our communities. We will make intentional trespass a criminal offence and we will give councils greater powers within the planning system. Now, gypsies have uh, historically faced uh, well, centuries of persecution the Roma Holocaust at the hands of the fascists saw some 500,000 people murdered, often forgotten and or overshadowed perhaps by the Jewish Holocaust. And yet uh, there has been a legal obligation on local authorities to look after our travelling folk, um, legal, um, legal burdens that um, successive governments try to shun. Where am I going with this? Well, I'm going to introduce a chap. He's only going to give his first name uh, for obvious reasons. He's called Luke and he's the founder of the Labour GRT campaign and he joins us on the line now. Good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon. Lovely talking to you. What is the Labour GRT campaign? So Labour GRT campaign um, is a campaign uh, to essentially make sure that the Labour Party is a safe place um, for gypsy travellers to become a member, get their voice heard, and um, essentially have, have a place where uh, we can get our views over politically um, and make sure we're represented, because a lot of the times in Parliament, you get a lot of people talking from one side of the yeah, debate, yeah. and it leaves out a lot of the the really important things um, in terms of fairness and balance uh, that people should talk about. So, as you mentioned about um, the Conservative government's manifesto, yeah. 
if you look at it, it only considers one side of the yeah. debate, as in unauthorised encampments. It doesn't like to talk about the fact that these only exist because of a failure yeah. of local governments and the government to provide adequate legal provision for sites. Perhaps we could um, talk a little bit more uh, about what what you mean by that, 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 that people, essentially the travelling communities, are being forced into confrontation with the law. Yeah, for definite. I mean, at the end of the day, um, how can you make trespass illegal when these people have got nowhere else to go and it's actually because of the government um, neglecting its... Um, its obligations to provide this community somewhere to actually live. Um, so have it's you, really, have, it's really cool. Have yeah, you, have you yourself? I, I'm gleaning you are of Gypsy Roma or Traveller heritage yourself. So I'm a Romany Gypsy. Romany Gypsy. Great. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the experiences you've had growing up? Well, I mean, growing up. Um, a lot of the stuff is based on prejudice, like they assume that if you go to university, you're no longer a gypsy or traveller, yeah. if that makes you less of one. If you live in a, uh, in a, in a regular home rather than a mobile yeah. home, the same yeah, thing? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all sorts of prejudice, um, as if, you know, we're more predisposed to criminality than any other background. Um, we don't pay by the same rules as other communities. We don't pay our taxes. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that is mass generalisation. Yes. Um, and is not true across the board. And, um, yeah, it's just well, I it's get, based on a complete fallacy. I, I've, I did a bit of travelling um, with uh, the New Age travellers in the mid-'80s. And yeah. one of the things that I experienced was that some... the less desirable characters um, were would attach themselves to different travelling communities and you would have to suffer the consequences of having them there. Uh, yeah. And I guess that what I saw regularly was how one or two rotten apples could make life very difficult for everybody else. Yeah, and, and that sort of fed into a sort of mass social negative p viewpoint on, uh, towards travellers. Well, so it comes back to this thing. This is the reason why I've actually left the Labour Party... Um, it's due to this idea of collective blame. Yes. So um, an MP called Toby Perkins for uh, Chesterfield released a leaflet saying how two uh, Irish travellers have actually been put in prison now for extortion. But he's saying, oh, how this is a common thing, essentially, in this leaflet, um, that travellers extort communities, pull on somewhere, ask for money, as if that's not already illegal under yeah. extortion laws. Yeah. But he's calling for specific laws to deal with one community that has that has, in this case, committed that crime. And he thought that putting that in a leaflet, essentially collectively blaming all travellers. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we obviously do, like any other community, have people that commit crime or whatever, but so does every other community. Um, that's the racial aspect of it, is the fact that um, it's, it's collective blame. And what I want to say is about Labour, the reason why I left is not because Labour's any more racist than the rest of society, but if you're a party that bases yourself on equality yeah. and rights for all and human rights, we should hold ourselves as a party to a higher standard than everybody else. Do you not worry, and, and I genuinely worry, because I didn't know you'd actually left Labour, that, yeah. that voices like yours representing the traveller community and gypsy communities are yeah. not heard particularly loudly, and by withdrawing from the Labour Party, you've 
made y- y- your your voice is going to be quieter still. I mean, my show notwithstanding, it's I, I understand the the the, the, so the my voice has already been quietened because the the, the fact is is that. I've reported the, this leaflet to the Labour yeah. Party. They've not done anything about it. And it's oh, not the first really? Time. There's multiple times where this has happened and nothing's been done. And that's why I've left, because I don't want my money as a gypsy going towards printing leaflets that are going to harm my community. I understand. And, uh, and I, it's, I, not that, it's not that I'm withdrawing my voice from them. I'll still be involved. I I'll still talk to them. It's just that I'm not going to give my money to oppress other people like me. I, well, um, you, you, I, 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 you put it very, very clearly, and, and I'm not going to argue the toss with you on that score. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I guess, I, um, I'm deeply saddened to to, to hear uh, that kind of prejudice being manifested yeah. within the Labour Party, yeah. just as I was I devastated mean, here about the Islamophobia and also the anti-Semitism. So the thing is that my also problem with the Labour Party is that. there's a problem with factions in terms of, like, some people on the left have turned a blind eye to some anti-Semitism, clear anti-Semitism, and some people, when it comes to Trevor Phillips, who are more on the right of the party, turn a blind eye to Islamophobia. Now, there isn't a hierarchy of race. You could be the most, you know, friendly person to Jews in the world, but if you're still racist against black people or gypsies, you're still a racist. But I'm saying the factions can't move past that and see it objectively for what it is. They can't see that when a few marginal characters on their side of the party commit some sort of racism, they're turning a blind eye to that particular Uh, case. And what we should say is all of them should be expelled. Completely agree. The Matthew Wright Show on Talk Radio. Let's move on now to uh, David Dunn, Professor of International Politics at the University of Birmingham. Hello, David. Good afternoon. Now, the political ramifications of coronavirus for President Trump, from what I can uh, discern, for the first time now, uh, with Joe Biden certain to become the Democrat candidate uh, in the presidential election, Americans believe that Trump could genuinely be beaten because, obviously, the two... Uh, factors in his favour have been the economy that could crash because of coronavirus, and his voters tend to be older. Many of them could die, and as as the as the electorate, let's of hope Amer- not. Eh? Well, let's hope not. But it's going to be a reality. As the electorate see people dying, it may lose faith in mighty President Trump. Uh, can you assess the political dangers to Trump of this crisis? Well, firstly, the economy. I, I think absolutely he has banked his, his reputation on the economy. And the speech he gave yesterday was an attempt to try and uh, shore up the economy. But uh, he actually has a Midas touch in reverse with regard to this <laughs> issue. And the markets crashed further with his confidence because people didn't believe him. And they didn't believe him because what he said was entirely implausible, that America is better prepared than anybody else. That's absolutely not the case. And everyone else in the media is showing just how behind the curve, just how unprepared uh, America is. And therefore, America will be hit much harder than, than Europe or anywhere else, in fact, that's had the virus so far. And therefore, this will run and it will run right into the election because thousands, probably tens of thousands of Americans will die because America has let this thing could, get away from itself. Could, and that's largely due to Trump. Is there any possibility of the election being postponed in any shape or form? Many people on the left fear that, 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 that Trump will use this as an excuse to stay in power I and bet. postpone the election. 
Do you? Do you think he... he, he... I, 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 it's, it's constitutionally, it, it, it oughtn't to be. America's had elections during a wartime. Yes. It, 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 uh, but but you, you know, Trump is someone who actually has said before that he, he thinks that he's been denied his full term because of the impeachment <laughs> hearings and other things, and therefore many people on the left are fearful that, that, that he, he will, will do this. Uh, it depends. I mean, November uh, it should have reached the peak. America is behind Europe, Europe's behind China. Uh, uh, the peak will be higher uh, later there, yes. but, but by November, the full consequences of it will, will, will probably have passed, but will have been seen to have been failed to be dealt with properly. Because uh, just give you the figures, the, fi- the figures are absolutely staggering. So um, Americans have only tested five people permanently in the population. Compare that, to, compare that to the UK, where we tested 347 permanently in the population. Compare that to South Korea, where they've tested 3,692 per million. Five, remember? Five million, five persons per million. The Americans haven't got the test kits. The test kits they had initially didn't work. The, the, uh, Trump's gone on TV and said, oh, everyone can be tested if, if they want to. No, they can't, because they haven't got the test kits. And what's more, what they've been doing is saying only people who've been to China or, who, or who've been in contact with people who've been to China can be tested. So the extent of the, of the, the outbreak in America is vastly unknown. It's, it's doubling, it's exponentially rising among the population because Americans have not tested, they don't know where this come from, and as a consequence, it's, it's, it's spreading like wildfire. And what's more... The lack of a public health system in America. Yes, great means, point. Means, means that there's 47 million, 47 million Americans who have no access to health care. If you want to have a health care, you have to pay $1,000 for the test, right? That's going to put a lot of people off. Mind you, it's right? going to be about the same price as hand sanitizer in this country, <laughs> the way it's going at the moment. The Matthew Wright Show on Talk Radio. I'll tell you, it's letters, handwritten letters. Love a bit of Alison Moyer. Now, the Handwritten Letter Appreciation Society is where we're going. We're speaking to Dinah Johnson, founder of the aforementioned Handwritten Letter Appreciation Society. And Dinah, I'm afraid I'm going to have some bad news for you to kick this interview off with. Good afternoon, by the way. And Good the, afternoon, hi there. The bad news is, is I hate handwriting, mainly because, look at it, what do you say, Leia? Horrible, ha- terrible, horrible, terrible, it's illegible. Terrible, yeah. I can't, I've been trying for 54 years, I can't write. Well, hopefully by the end of this interview you'll be converted <laughs> to writing a letter. <laughs> Go on, so what do you do at the Handwritten Letter Appreciation Society? Well, it's just a really simple concept, really. It's just about inspiring people to write letters to each other again because um, it's kind of dropped off in the last... 30 years, I suppose. Do um, email, come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I love an email, I love a text, I love social media, mostly, um, but um, there's nothing beats a handwritten letter. Uh, so, yeah, it's just about well, starting five people to do that again. You say nothing beats a handwritten letter. Uh, so bad did my writing become that um, I'm left-handed. I offer that as, as an excuse. My sister had very neat handwriting and um, she was actually taught by nuns at her convent to write in italic style. And I learnt for a while, I copied her, but even then I couldn't get it right. It was wobbly and smudgy. And I've now reverted to, well... 
there's I don't no know. name for I, that. There's no name for it, is there really? And if there was a name and I wrote it, you wouldn't be able to read it no. back. What I always it, say, I always say to people, I'm not the letter police, so it's not about having the most perfect handwriting right. or the best paper or you know ha- headed. But it helps if you that. can read it, though, <laughs> surely. <laughs> well, actually, no, I disagree. Actually, I, on, I disagree on. because. Um, I work at an outdoor centre some of the time and kids would write letters to say thank you and some of them, you couldn't read them because of their, whatever, you know, yeah, have dyslexia yeah. or something. But it was the very fact that they'd bothered to write a letter. So um, so it doesn't always have to be that you have to read it. I mean, obviously it's lovely yeah. when you can read it, the content, but it's just getting something through the post. So um, it's the fact that it's travelled and somebody's taken the time to write it to you. Partly is, is the the charm of them really. where, where, where did you where did you get the bug yourself Dinah oh well I've always written letters um, did, did your parents did it did, was it sort of handed down uh no not really actually there's a funny story because when I went away to university uh, my mum used to always write letters to me and so I'd say I said to my dad can you write me a big letter it's always mum that writes letters <laughs> so my dad having not ever written letters decided he would write me a big letter I meant proper letter he wrote me a piece of, a letter written on a piece of flip chart paper. So <laughs> that was his idea of a big letter. But I've treasured that, so I've got that from 26 were, years ago. Were you, were you, now this, this is, I think, the rub, again, uh, uh, not just writing, handwriting ability. The next hurdle for me came <laughs> from enforced thank you card writing as a child. Dear Grandpa, thank you very much for insert name a thing you don't want. I really enjoyed the present insert name the, the gift you don't That's want. That's very and I'll play important. That, but yeah, I know, but, but it, it, what it set up for me Lala, was I just hated having to write those kind of letters. It put me off letter writing. Yeah, I mean, that was part of the reason for setting up the society as well, to just put some fun back into writing letters, because those right. letters are pretty awful when, you've, when you're made to write a letter. I always say as well that... Um, if you write a letter, you, you shouldn't really expect a letter back because then it makes it an obligation yes. in that sense. But um, So send a letter because you want to send it. If you get one back, that's lovely. Um, but for children, yeah, maybe um, missing the point, you know, sending a thank you. Obviously, it's nice to thank somebody for something they've given you, but perhaps, um, you know, finding out about the person, saying something about you, writing it from the heart. Not just I'm. Re- oh, thank you for that. Why would you my- do it though? Why would you send a letter now when you can email? You don't have to sort of get your stamp, put it through the post, wait two days for the letter to come. It's I mean, still charming, isn't it? When you open it, it is a char- handwritten, it, it is charming. I get it, but. Is it realistic? I mean, it'd have to be a really special yeah. occasion to send out a letter nowadays, I think. No, really not. Um, we've, I've, I've set up something. I mean, obviously, it's not about getting rid of um, the internet and the digital world and, you know, social media, but it's just about putting handwritten letters back on the map for people because I think, I don't know when you last got a letter, but um, then nothing beats getting a letter. And it's, it's well, actually... it depends. My, my one's come invariably from the council, <laughs> the I, electricity board. Require me to appear in court <laughs> fairly soon. Yeah. <laughs> Some speeding events or something. <laughs> I always think they miss a trick. If they sent a handwritten letter with the um, price increases, they would, you know, it would, it would go down a lot better. But um, just the sort of, yeah, the writing a letter to somebody, it's a sharing a bit of you, taking a bit of time. It doesn't matter that it's taken ages. In fact, it's kind of like having a bit of a time machine because yeah. then you can, you can look, when, they, when you read it two days, three days later or a week later, if it's gone abroad, 
you get a, a sense of where that person was in that time. Do you know? Do you know um, William Donaldson, who, who the uh, the Henry Root letters creator? Do you know? Do you know? Uh, yes, I've got that book somewhere. It's <laughs> abs- ab- absolutely wonderful. So, so William Donaldson's a, a sort of sat- <laughs> yes. satirist, and he just used to write letters to anybody, asking them all manner of inane questions or or with inane suggestions. <laughs> dear Prime Minister, dear Head of the BBC, upwards and onwards, and then you get both the letters and then the replies, and then he'd reply to the reply and reply to the reply of the reply. <laughs> He, he used to send a pound, didn't he? I thought he used to send right, a pound. That's right. Yes. Or, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so there's a sort of sense of charm that I might start writing letters like that. In fact, I, I suppose. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, just I do it once. I'm always open. I always say, you, you know, you can prove me wrong. If you write a letter, letter, and it's an awful experience, and you think, oh, I'm never doing that again. That's fine. But I would try it first. And if you enjoyed all of that, make sure you tune in to The Matthew Wright Show with Kevin O'Sullivan every weekday from 1 on Talk Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.